as we celebrate our Papa and our Mama in the house, clap and shout glory! Welcome, Papa. Celebrate your Mama. Oh, hallelujah. Zekele Mayata. Ingabunda Shatayata. Oh, Galeataha. It is with joy that you will draw water out of the wells of salvation. Put your hands with a joyful shout. Let's receive our Papa, Dr. Amen Damina. Well, 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 well. Somebody shout glory. Amen. Father, we rejoice that we have all that pertains to life and godliness locked upon our inside. And tonight, by virtue of what you have done in us, done with us, done through us, we have access into revelation knowledge. And we decree that tonight, everyone connected to this service, the eyes of their understanding flooded with light. Whatever is not planted by God is rooted out. Bodies and yokes are destroyed. And I declare that the people of God are built up, equipped, edified, and Jesus is glorified. Thank you, Father, for the word that comes with clarity tonight. And we rejoice that by the end of this service, we'll all be the better for it. In Jesus' precious name. And every believer sees a powerful amen. amen. Lift your right hands to heaven. Let's release our feet together as we say these words. I am born of God. I am born of the word. The word of God is my nature. I do not struggle to do the word. I do the word naturally. Therefore, today... I will understand the word of his grace. I will be built up. By the end of this service, I will never be the same. Never ever be the same again. In Jesus' name. And every believer says a powerful amen. Well, I want to welcome everybody connected to this service by way of Kingdom Life Network, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all of the social media community, brothers and sisters online. We're so glad to welcome all of you to the service, guys. It's going to be an exciting service tonight as we continue to explore the riches of our redemption. I also want to welcome the Aquaibom State audience, wherever you're connected in Aquaibom on any of the radio stations. We want you to know we love you. We're glad you're in the service tonight. Call a friend, a loved one, a family member. Ask them to tune into this service right now. Life is flowing through the airwaves. Social media brethren, help me share the video. Let's get this word to the ends of the earth. Join as many groups as possible. Let's lighten the dark places of the earth. I also want to welcome all our campuses around the world in different nations and different continents. We're glad to have all of you in the service, brothers and sisters. What a joy to be able to fellowship in the light of God's word. All right, get excited. We're going to have a great time as we study. Anybody in the building happy tonight? Can we celebrate the word of God with a shout? Glory. Amen. Grab your pen, your notebook, your Bible. You can be seated with your sweet, smart self as we get into the word of God tonight. All right, so at this point, I can confidently say we have started our summation. You know, the summation of in Christ realities season three all right so we are on our way to where we will put a pause till season four amen we might be able to do season four this year because it's something that i really want to open up but if not then early next year according to the time of life amen all right so we're examining paul's revelation of identification in christ second peter chapter three verse number 15 Second Peter chapter 3 verse 15. An account that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation. 
even as our beloved brother Paul also, according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you. So we said that Paul was given. Now, if we say according to the wisdom given, the word given there, is it grace? Huh? Yeah. So that will be another charis, is given. So ministry is also given. Ministry is also given. It's also described as grace. But that's selective in the sense of service. Ministry is selective in the sense of service, but not in the sense of salvation. It's selective in the sense of service. Uh, it is selective, but it is communal because the ministry is for everybody. That is why Paul will say, all things are yours. Whether Apollos or Cephas, all of us are yours. Whether it's Paul or Cephas or Apollos, our life, our death, everything is yours. So even though it is selective in the sense of men that minister, but it is for the body of Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 20, 1 Corinthians 12, 20, Brother Paul, speaking to the church at Corinth, says, But now are there many members, yet but one body. You see Paul's ecclesiology. His ecclesiology was taken from two things. Again, Brother Paul finds Christ in Jewish assemblies. He finds Christ in Jewish assemblies. Trumpets was part of the ceremonies of the law. You know, they will blow trumpets. And when they blow the trumpets, people will come together. And some churches that have decided to be Jewish churches today have what they call the shofar. And they'll be blowing the shofar as if they are Jewish people. And they think there's anything. All that thing doesn't bring anything. All those blowing is just noise, empty. It doesn't carry nothing. Don't let anybody, you know, bubble you around and all of that. In fact, I hear there's a man of God somewhere in one of the countries here in West Africa who has a big sword, a very long sword. So sometimes he will say, today I have come with my sword to the service. This is the sword of the Lord. The weapons are not carnal. I don't know how he reads his Bible. The weapons are not carnal. You can't be carrying a knife around. Are you a Boko Haram? Maybe the government should examine him. He may be connected. How will he be carrying a long knife? And he said, the sword of the Lord. Did any apostle carry a knife? Did Jesus carry a knife? Where is he getting that from? That's extra biblical. That's another gospel. Or they carry this long horn. They, say, they blow. Then they will say the spirit is moving. It's, it's not true. The spirit doesn't move at the blowing of a shofar. Shofar is Jewish. It's Judaism. That's what brother Paul calls kubalon. He calls it eskrita. He calls it dung. He said, I have abandoned all that nonsense for the excellency of Jesus Christ. It's only a church that is not well taught that will be mesmerized by those, by those, um, by those uh, jargons. You know, it has no scriptural and spiritual relevance ever. It doesn't have. Alright, so, but it was one of those Jewish ceremonies where they will blow trumpets and people will come together. And then that gathering, Brother Paul sees that gathering when they blow the trumpet in two ways. The gathering was, first of all, their exodus from Egypt. And then it was their corporate coming together. It was their exodus from Egypt. And then it was their corporate coming 
together. So Jesus will now come and say, I will build my church. Or I will build my ecclesia, which is a gathering of the Jews. But then this is a gathering in Christ. A gathering in Christ as the church. Matthew chapter 16 verse 18. I will build my ecclesia and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. My ecclesia. Then in Matthew chapter 18, he talks about, you know, when you have issues with brethren in church. He said, tell it to the ecclesia. And then, you know, if you wonder, if you wonder this is the synagogue, he's not talking about a physical building. He was speaking into the future. He is speaking into the body of Christ, the church. And that's why Paul will say something like 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 1 and 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 1 and 2. There any of you having a matter against another, go to law before the unjust and not before the saints. Why are you taking each other to the court of law? Why are you going to lawyers? Why are you taking yourselves to court? Do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Brother Paul is saying, you don't need to take each other to court. You know, you yourselves are the ones that the court system should come to for counsel. Because you will judge the world. So brother Paul is dealing with ecclesiology. And he picks his ecclesiology from Jesus' body. The fact that he uses the physical body, I'm talking about Paul, now explains how he brings it into explaining the church. Then the issue of churches. Brother Paul dealt with the issue of churches just by the understanding of nations, which we will deal with, you know, uh, uh, you know, when we, when we get back with um, uh, in Christ realities. But you know, deals with different locations in the world, nations, locations, and that lays a foundation for the local church having branches in different countries, in different continents, in different communities in different nations and people group around the world. So now, Brother Paul systematically taught his doctrine from that same truth. Like I said, he just threw Christ in the mix. And everything he taught was from that pattern. So therefore, Paul had revelation which was given to him. Peter acknowledged in Second Peter 3.15, the word Sophia which is actually inside. Which now Paul begins to say to Timothy, his own protege in ministry, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. He says to Timothy, from a child, you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise. The word wise there is the word sophizo. It means skillful. That the scriptures are able to make you skillful. Brother Peter said Paul had a sophia, an insight. And Paul said the same way I had an insight, Timothy has studied my work so well that he has a sophizo, a skillfulness. So let's just look at some things that should get your attention. You know, Peter by profession was a fisherman. Go to Luke chapter 5 verse 10. Luke chapter 5 verse number 10. Luke 5 10. Whoever's in the computer, get ready to walk with me because I have a lot to read. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth 
thou shalt catch men. Thou shalt catch men. So Jesus met, met him, a fisherman, and said to that fisherman, Come to me, and I will make you a fisher of men. I will make you a fisher of men. So fisherman, fishing men. And he uses the word zogorio in the Greek. Zogorio, Z-O-G-R-E-O. Zogorio. Two words are there. The word zun. Zun means zun alive. Agerio. Zogorio. Two words. Zun and agerio. A-G-E-R. I mean A-G-R-E-U-O. A-G-R-E-U-O. I will make you a Zogorio Anthropos, a fisher of men. That is, to take men alive. Fisher of men means to take men alive. Or to take men for life. Or to take men captive alive. To take men captive alive. Second Timothy 2. Chapter 2, verse 26. Second Timothy 2, 26. <clears throat> and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will to take alive. So in other words, he is saying he will preach to men to be alive. I will make you fishers of men means you will preach to men to be alive. Fishers of men. Then there's another guy called John. Brother John, his first encounter with Jesus was in Matthew 4.21. Matthew chapter 4 verse number 21. And going on from thence, he saw other two brethren, James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother in a ship with Zebedee their father, mending their nets, and he called them. They were mending their nets. A restorative walk. A restorative walk. Katatizo in the Greek is spelled as K-R-T-A-T-I-Z-O. Katatizo. K-R-T-A-T-I-Z-O. Katatizo, which means to function. To function. Mending nets. Why will you mend nets? So that the nets can function. So if you read John's letter as well, the first and the second and the third John, it had a lot to do with correction. Correction. Alright? It has a lot to do with correction. First John chapter 2, he talked about those who went out from us, who were with us, but they were not part of us. Then he also talks about those who teach that we have no sin. Those who teach in the church, correcting them. Then in that first John verse 4, he talks of false prophets. So his work was to adjust for function. Mending nets. To adjust for function. Now that's a bit figurative of what they did as well. Now Paul, brother Paul himself, by profession, brother Paul himself, by profession. Now before we look at brother Paul, Peter played a unique role. He was the first person to preach in response to Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Peter was the first person to preach 
in response to Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20. Go in therefore and teach all nations, next verse, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. So Peter was the first to preach in response to that great commission. In Acts chapter 2, Jewish people were gathered on the day of Pentecost and he was the first person to preach among Jews on the day of Pentecost. When it came also to the Gentiles in Acts chapter 10, he was the first to preach to the Gentiles. So Peter was the first to preach to the Jews in response to the Great Commission and he was the first to preach to the Gentiles also. So he had that unique graciousness of God that he will do Christ as a servant to the Gentiles. So Paul wasn't the first among the Gentiles. Peter was the first. And the first person to also preach was Peter. He was the eldest and the first person Jesus gave responsibility to. Now look at Paul. Acts 18 verse 1 and 3. Acts chapter 18 verse 1 and 3. After these things, Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth, verse 3. And because he was of the same craft, he abode with them and wrought, for by their occupation, they were tent makers. So Paul was a tent maker. Paul was a businessman. All of the apostles were all business people. And ladies and gentlemen, ministry doesn't stop you from doing business. In fact, if you're in ministry, it is advisable for you to get a business so you don't depend on people, so you don't allow church people influence your mouth from saying what it ought to say and colors your message. You need to get a job. Paul wrote almost the whole New Testament, yet he had a job. He was an apostle of churches, yet he had time to do business. I'm talking to somebody here. So in case you're a businessman or you're a professional and you're thinking all the things we're talking about, ministry doesn't affect you. Your business is not an excuse for you not to do ministry at all. What about King David? He was a prophet, he was a priest, and he was a king. A king of an entire nation was both a prophet, prophet and a priest. So you have no excuse. You can never be too busy in any profession to have time to do the only work that lasts for eternity. Am I communicating at all? So Paul was a tent maker. Now the word tent maker is the word skinopios. Skinopios. It's spelled as S-K-E-N-O skinopios. P-I-O-U-S. Two words. Skinopios. It's synony is synonymous to where people live. He made that is Paul was involved in making where people live. It's from the word skinny, s k e n e. It's used for a tent or a tabernacle. That word skinny is used for a tent or a tabernacle. It's a synonym synonym of the word money money m o n e. That Jesus used in John chapter 14 verse 2. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. In my father's oikia, 
O-I-K-I-A, in my father's Oikia, there are many monies. M-O-N-E-S. Monies. If it were not so, I would have told you. In my father's dwelling, there are many spaces. There are many spaces. Look at verse 23 of John 14. Jesus still speaking in that context of many places or spaces. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. And my father will love him. And we will come unto him and make our abode with him. So look at that. That Paul, by occupation, built homes. That's why you see that in his ecclesiology, he built houses by occupation. So you will see building in Brother Paul's ecclesiology. He built the skinnies where people will live. So in Matthew chapter 17 verse 4, when the disciples were with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, you know, we call that mount the Mount of Transfiguration, but that was not the name of the mount. That is what we call it. The mount was not called the Mount of Transfiguration. But that's what we use in describing the mount because of the experience that happened there. And they said, let us build three homes, three skinnies for us, a place where we can all live. Let us build three homes. Now, John chapter 1 verse 14, John chapter 1 verse 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, spiritually speaking. Acts chapter 15 verse 16. Acts chapter 15 verse number 16. After this I will return and will build again the tabernacle of David which is falling down. And I will build again the ruins thereof and I will set it up. The house of David or the tent of David or the tabernacle of David. Look at Moses, Hebrews chapter 8 verse 5. Hebrews chapter 8 verse number 5. Who serve unto the example and shadow of heavenly things. As Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle. For see, saith he, that thou make all things according to the pattern showed to thee in the mount. That's Moses. Now look at Jesus. Hebrews 9.11. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 11. But Christ being come and high priest of good things to come. By a greater and more perfect tabernacle. Take note of tabernacle 10. Tabernacle not made with hands. That is to say not of this building. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 9. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 9. By faith, talking of Abraham, he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. Observe, the work of Christ is called a skinny. Skinny. S-K-E-N-E. In his incarnation, in his resurrection, a home, a house, a building. 
Now look at the words of Jesus in Matthew 16, 18. The words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will build my ecclesia. So you will find Paul a whole lot by profession a tent maker, by profession a builder, then by ministry Paul is building. By ministry Paul is building. You know I told you the other day that you can see him as an intellectual of his day. He is building. And so Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So the church is called the tabernacle. The believer is called the tabernacle. The church is called the tabernacle. And then here is Paul building physical tabernacles. And Jesus says, I will build my church. And the gates of hell, the gates of Hades, cannot prevail against it. In Matthew 21, 42, Matthew 21, 42, Jesus saith unto them, Did you never read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected? The same is become the head of the corner. This is the lost doing and is marvelous in our eyes. What part of the scriptures was he referring to? Psalm 118 verse 22. Psalm 118 verse 22 and Isaiah 28 verse 16. That is where he was quoting from. Then look at Acts chapter 4 verse 11. Acts chapter 4 verse 11. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which is become the head of the corner. The word build is the word oikodomio in the Greek. Oikodomio spelled as O-I-K-O-D-O-M-E-O. Oikodomio. A word you must have been familiar with in Paul's writings. Jesus is saying the same thing. Something is built or something is being built. Acts 4.11, Peter quoted that verse in Acts 4.11 which we just read. Then look at Acts chapter 6 verse 48. Acts chapter 6 verse 48. Acts chapter 6 verse I mean, look, look chapter 6, verse 48, sorry. Look chapter 6, verse 48. He is like a man which built a an house and digged deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. I will found my church. I will build my church. Then Luke chapter 6 verse 48 explains that the building upon a rock. So he's describing salvation. He calls salvation a building. 
He calls the church a building. So that word, oikodomio, or to build, refers so far to what has been done by Christ. What has been done. So the work of Christ is described as a building. The work of Christ is described as a construction. Look at First Peter chapter 2 verse 5. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 5. You also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Look at verse 7. Same context. Unto you therefore which believe he is precious but unto them which be disobedient the stone which the builders disallowed the same is made the head of the corner this is a work that is done once and for all it's not an ongoing building it is a building that was done once and for all Luke chapter 14 verse 28 a parable Jesus gives. Luke 14, 28. For which of you intending to build a tower, seated not down first, and counted the cost, whether you have sufficient to finish it. The word to finish it there is key. Don't miss that word. Then look at Luke chapter 14, verse 30. Luke 14, verse 30 saying this man began to build and was not able to finish he uses the word build here for discipleship for following not salvation now he has used the word build for salvation and it's finished but now in talking discipleship is an ongoing building so oikodomio can be used for two things Jesus used it. Number one, it can be used for what he has done. Then number two, it can be used for a continuing work, oikodomio, for what has been done and for a continuing work. Are you still here? Now, is that how Paul used it? Yes. First Corinthians chapter 3 verse 9. Remember, we're examining Brother Paul's insight. But we can't examine Paul as a standalone. We examine Paul as is consistent with the teachings of Jesus and the Old Testament. For we are laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry. Paul now brings it clearly. You are God's building. See that? He brings it out with clarity. You are God's husbandry. You are God's okodomio. Look at 2 Corinthians 6, 16. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16. And what agreement had the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God had said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Are you still here? Now look at Acts chapter 20 verse 32. A scripture we always quote and read. Acts 20 32. And now brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. 
which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. The word which is able there, it can be used as a past tense, present tense, or it can be used as a future tense, which is able. But if you observe, when he says the word of his grace, that is the message of the gospel which he taught them. He had told them in that same chapter, verse 28, Acts 20, 28, 28. See what he told them in verse 28. Take it therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God which he had purchased with his own blood. And I told you the word purchase means to preserve which he has preserved with his own blood. And the word of his grace he now calls the gospel. How do I know that? Acts 20, 24. The same context. Acts 20, 24. But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my cause with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus. To testify the gospel of the grace of God. God to testify the gospel so he calls grace the gospel which is what he must have taught them now in Acts 26 18 we are still examining Paul Acts 26 18 brother Paul's mission mandate to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Sanctified. Alright? Now, where that phrase is repeated by Paul, forgiveness of sins, which he calls inheritance. Inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith. So I submit therefore that Acts 20.32 I commend you to the word of his grace which was which has been able to build you up. Which was which has been able to build you up that is, it has established you by giving you an inheritance among them that are sanctified. Are we following? It's a past tense of what Christ has done. That is, you are forgiven. And you are sanctified. It's not a continuous tense. It's not when you know the word, it now gives you an inheritance. No. Inheritance is what is yours already. Because that message tells you that the day you receive that message, that message becomes your inheritance. So you already have an inheritance. Look at Ephesians chapter 2 verse 21 for more clarity. Ephesians 2 21. In whom all the building 
fitly framed together, groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord. Okodomio, builded together. When you see the word builded together, it means it was done once and for all. Now let's, let's watch Paul. Let's watch Paul's wisdom. He now uses the term as a continuous word. Just like Jesus. 1 Corinthians 8, 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. Now as touching things offered unto idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge perfect up, but charity edify it. Wow. We are already built. Then he now says, Okodomio, charity builds. Look at verse 10. 1 Corinthians 8.10 For if any man see thee which has knowledge, sit at meat in the idol's temple, shall not the conscience of him which is weak be emboldened to eat those things which are offered to idols? Emboldened. Okodomio. Same word. Build. Emboldened. He used for building something to make it fix. And also to strengthen. The word okodomio. A fixed building and a strengthening of the already existing building. That's the way Brother Paul uses that word. Two ways, just like Jesus. So, it is to strengthen a practice, to strengthen a journey, and to strengthen a pact. A pact. Now, did Jesus use it the same way? Yes, we saw that. Look at 1 Corinthians 14, 17. 1 Corinthians 14, 17. For thou verily giveth thanks well, but the order is not edified. The order is not emboldened. Or, it's also used for putting a structure on what has been built. Do you understand? You know, you know when you build out a foundation, there are foundations that are two-story buildings underground. Just a foundation. Two-story ground, two-story building down. And then it comes out to the bare floor as a foundation. Okay? You see it as a foundation. But those who invested knew that they have built a two-story building. Are we in the building? Okay. So when Brother Paul is talking about the order is not edified, pay attention, it is used for putting a structure on what has been built. How many of you know foundation is a building? So when you build on the foundation, you are putting a structure on an existing foundation. Am I communicating? Now, it will come in handy. So the first build will be that which is once and for all. The second build is upon what has been done to put a structure on it. And that's exactly what Jesus did. 
I build my church, you are built. You are saved. You are built a house upon the rock. You are built a house upon the rock. Now, it's now to follow and now build a building. Foundation has been laid. What is left is now to follow. That following is building on the building. It is called discipleship. It is called spiritual growth. I'm in the building. And then, when you start and did not count the cost, we say you did not finish it. Take up your cross and follow me. Is it clear? Now, the same way, 1 Corinthians 3.10. <clears> 1 <throat> Corinthians chapter 3 verse 10. Please pay attention, I beg you. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builded thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. Wise master builder. But that's what you do for a profession. Akitekon. That's the Greek word. Akitekon. It is spelled as A-R-C-H-I-R-K-I-T-E-K-O-N. T-E-K-O-N. Akitekon. It is the person who builds first. Akai. The chief. That is the one who tells you what to do. The person who builds first. The chief builder. Who now instructs the other person that will build on what he has built. What to do on what he has built. Akitekon. Are you following? Now. <clears throat> so Paul therefore calls his ministry. Not just like someone who does okodomio. But Paul is an akitekon. Wise master builder. He's not just a builder. He is the chief. He is Akitekon. He's not Okodomio. He is the master, the chief. Okay? So he now says his ministry is not like someone who is building on something. He is actually the first builder. I am the one who shows others what to do on what I have built. If you remember, I made a distinction between his revelation and our revelation. Do you remember that? I also made a distinction between what Paul taught and what we are teaching. That our teaching is going to be as a result of we understanding what he taught. So we teach exactly what he taught. Okay? So our revelation is to understand his revelation. All of us in the body of Christ, our assignment is to understand Paul's revelation. 
That's why he calls himself a wise master builder. Are you still here? And he's saying, I am the wise master builder, which is what is now called in today's terminology, the foundational apostle. Paul is the foundational apostle. Then he says, I have laid the foundation. Not we have laid. I have laid the foundation. Tithemai in the Greek. Tithemai. T-I-T-H-I-E-M-I. It means to fix and establish. To fix and establish. Tithemai. I have laid the foundation. Then he says, and another, and another builder thereupon. I am the first builder. And it is my responsibility to instruct you how to build on what I have laid. Foundational apostle. Are you following? Then he says, another builder. So he's talking about two kinds of apostles. Two kinds of apostles. The one who laid and the one who is building on what is laid. I have laid the foundation and allows, allows, another builds upon a poikodomio, a poikodomio. E-P-O-I-K-O-D-M-I-O. Epoikodomio. Another builds upon. He is saying, he will build similarly on what I have built. The another is an allos. Another of the same. He will build similarly on what I have built. In 1 Corinthians 3.12 Look at this. 1 Corinthians, please pay attention. Now, if any man build upon this foundation which I, Paul, have laid, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, that is not aloes. These materials are not aloes. They are not another of the same that I use in building. What I build didn't have gold. It didn't have silver. It didn't have precious stones. It didn't have wood. It didn't have hay. It didn't have stubble. So it's not aloes. You should only build Christ on Christ. Don't build silver on Christ. Don't build achievements on Christ. Don't build fighting with demons on Christ. Don't build stories, personal testimonies on Christ. You can only build Christ on Christ. I'm teaching good here. That already exposes many preachings. 
that already exposes a lot of things called messages on pulpits. Now, observe. Build Christ on Christ. Look at verse 13 and 14, what Paul will say. Of same context. Every man's walk shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's walk of what sort it is. Next verse. If any man's walk abide, which he had built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. Ephesians 2.20 Ephesians 2.20 And are built upon the foundation, they are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Now, apostles and prophets in this context, how many of you remember one of the rules of Bible interpretation is that no word has a general usage across the Bible. You remember that? Every word, even if it sounds the same with the other, is only explained. Its meaning can only be gotten within its surrounding environment. Okay? So, apostle is not a generalized word. Apostle can only be interpreted within context. Now, so, when Paul says, apostles and prophets in this context, they are not two things. You know, prophets of the Old Testament were those who were God's special spokespersons, prophets. They revealed His will, all of them. Prophets in the Old Testament were God's spokesperson who revealed the will of God. People like Abraham was a prophet. Noah was a prophet. Enoch was a prophet. Even Moses was a prophet. Alright? David. Okay? So he says, these apostles, those spokespersons of the new covenant. So apostle, that is prophet. Apostles, that is prophet in this context. Are built upon the foundation of the apostles that is prophets, the chiral, capulative, not a conjunction. That is prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Stay with me. So, apostles, that is the prophet, is a compound word for the foundational apostle. A compound word. That's why they are always used together. Because it's a compound word. And, you know, precisely by brother Paul in this context. Now, why does he say apostles and prophets? Because he will use the term apocalypsis. He used apostles and prophets because of the term to explain that he will use called apocalypsis, the word revelation. A-P-O-K-A. 
L-U-P-S-I-S. Apocalypsis. In Ephesians 3.5. Pay attention. Ephesians 3.5. Which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men. As it is now revealed. Apocalypsis. Unto his holy apostles. That is prophets by the spirit. So because he will use revelation, he brought apostle and prophet together as a compound word to describe the functionality of the foundational apostles. Are you all following? Now, stay with me. So if you use the Old Testament as your textbook, you will say apostles, that is the prophet. The prophet of the new covenant because their work is to reveal what was not known before. Okay, which was the work of the prophet of the Old Testament. So he uses this phrase only in Ephesians together like this. Nowhere else. Only in Ephesians. Elsewhere he will say, we apostles. We apostles. Now listen. When you read where Paul is saying, we apostles. Don't even imagine yourself there. Once you see Paul talking and he says, we, step aside and look at what they are saying. Are you following? We apostles. First Corinthians 15. We, the apostles. First Corinthians 4.3. We apostles. Other apostles. Other apostles. We apostles. Other apostles. Galatians 2. And it's only in Ephesians he uses apostles and prophets because he used the term revelation by the Spirit. So he expects you to see it like the prophet of the Old Testament. You know, we have these apostles. Their authority again as the prophets, they are apostles, but their authority is as the prophets of the Old Testament. So he sticks to that phrase only in this later. We are built upon the foundation Okoidomio and prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Give me that Ephesians 2, 20 to 23. Now without understanding, let me read it for you. Ephesians 2, 20. And are built upon the foundation of the apostles, that is prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Next verse. In whom all the building fitly framed together, groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord. Next verse. In whom you also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. A class of apostles who are called the prophets of the new covenant. The prophets who gave us the revelation of the new covenant. See Colossians 2 7. Colossians 2 7. Pay attention. Rooted and built up in him. And established in the faith as you have been taught. Abounding therein 
with thanksgiving. That word okodomio. Now, it is used in a way you need to see it. Colossians 2.6 before 7. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Next verse. Rooted. So now, this rooted and built up, he's not talking about the first building. The first building is fixed and is done once. But this built up is okodomio. Is the structure on the structure. The epoikodomio. Now you will build upon salvation. Salvation is the first building. And it's once and for all. Then now you build upon salvation. You will use things in line with your salvation. If you are not saved by prosperity message, you don't build on that salvation using prosperity materials. What was used in laying the foundation, which is Christ, is the same material that builds on the foundation, which is Christ. Not gold. Not silver. Not precious stones. Not how to survive post-COVID. Not you will get there. Not who stole my wedding shoe. You were not saved by those. Those are fallacies. Those are words used by vain talkers. Those are words that are used by, 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 by motivational speakers as, as empty, fanciful words to just spike up your emotion like sugar rush that crashes. They are baseless. They are plain nonsense. Those words are idle fancies. Those words are a disservice to the body of Christ. Those words are the reason why people are in churches but they are not born again. Those words don't have power. Messages of 50 keys to favor fraud. 14 steps to success fraud. They are not diets for believers. As you have received Christ Jesus, the same way you receive him, the same message you heard, is what you continue in. Saved by grace, through faith. Built up in him by grace, through faith. Please, I beg you to listen to me. Let, don't let give me verse 8 amplified, see how, how Paul will end up that discourse verse 8, 
how he will push it forward. Amplify. See to it. See the same way you receive Christ. Walk in him the same way. See to it that no one carries you off as spoil or makes you yourself captive by his so-called philosophy and intellectualism and vain deceit, idle fancies and plain nonsense, following human tradition, men's ideas of the material rather than the spiritual world, just crude notions, following the rudimentary and elemental teachings of the universe and disregarding the teachings of Christ the Messiah. Sister Amplified. Don't let anybody use oratory, power of speaking, to sway you from Christ. You hear them come with teachings like portals, blood moon, nonsense. What is blood moon? Portals, realms, dimensions, nonsense. Total, plain nonsense. Idle fancies. Portal where? The man is in Christ. Which portal? Is it Apple portal or is it uh, infinity portal? Dimensions. Are you measuring plywood or are you measuring firewood? It's nonsense. The man is already in the highest place. He's already in the highest, far above all principalities. And you are complete in him, who is the head of all principalities. Don't let people with sweet talk, who have no doctrinal basis. And some of these guys are very smart. When they talk all that nonsense... They will now use spirit to stamp it. Because they know that people that are not well taught are emotionally imbalanced. They're emotionally what? They don't have emotional balance. So they'll be falling anyhow like, 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 like cutting wool. Because they have no emotional balance. It takes sound doctrine to stabilize your emotions because your emotions are controlled by your mind and when your mind is renewed by the word of God they can't be doing you like this am I talking to somebody here what is portals plain nonsense and people that are not too educated the grammar bamboozles them oh portals oh realms oh dimensions wonderful this man is powerful illiteracy let nobody let no fly by night use you as a a spoil anything that is not Christ is nonsense Paul said let every preacher and teacher and I know I'm talking to some of you be careful of what you are building on top of Christ. Mind the material. Calling Christians possessed. Calling Christians to be delivered. That material cannot survive on top of Christ. It's an insult on the work of Christ. 
whom the son sets free. Stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has set you free. Be not entangled with the yoke of bondage. Stay with me, stay with me. Stay with me mentally, psychologically, and physically. And spiritually. So, let's look at the word foundation. The word foundation is a Greek word, temilios. Temilios. T-H-E-M-E-L-I-O-S. Temilios. Temilios. Luke 6, 48. Luke 6, 48. He is like a man which built an house and digged deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it for it was founded upon a rock. Foundation on a rock. Notice the difference here. Just like Jesus. Verse 49. Same context. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built an house upon the earth against which the stream did beat vehemently and immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great without foundation. Now, can we say foundation is temilios? That means what is fixed and permanent? Huh? Yes. So this man, he built, but not on what is fixed. He is not saved. That is why when the wind came, it collapsed. The man is not saved. What Jesus means here, is it Okodomio also? Huh? The one that collapsed, is it also Okodomio? Yes, because it's a building. Now look at Luke 14. Jesus gives a parable, and that parable in Luke chapter 14. He gave us a parable there. Okay? 1429. Pay attention. Less happily, after he had laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him. Is that salvation or discipleship? Discipleship. Look at verse 33. Same chapter. So likewise, whoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Did you see? So that is discipleship. So that is the difference. They are both buildings. So the first building, foundation is fixed and permanent. The second building is to build upon what is already built. The same way brother Paul uses it. That term foundation which is the same as Temelios or Temelios. You will see it in Acts 16.26. Acts 16.26. 
where Paul and Silas were. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaking. And immediately, all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. Romans 15.20 Brother Paul speaking to the church at Rome. Yea, so have I strived to preach the gospel. Not where Christ was named. Lest I should build upon another man's foundation. That is another man's work. That is, I didn't go to another man's church to steal his members. And use them to start my church. He said, if I do that, I am building on top of another man's foundation. You know, people who break churches and steal members, they think they can get away with it. It has spiritual implications. When you steal members, it is called sheep stealing. From a church, by your smartness and skill and sweet mouth, and by your bombardment, you succeeded. And by spoiling the church, spoiling the pastor, you succeeded in taking people away. Whatever you are building is on another man's foundation. If what you are building is not what was in the foundation, the people will leave you. They will still leave you. And because you don't know what they use in building them, of course you will not build with the same material. If the, if the pastor who had those members was teaching sincerely, you came with deception. So the materials cannot be the same. There's no way you will sustain them. Most church breakaways end up being broken and the members that broke away and follow end up leaving. It has never worked. It has never worked. I said to somebody who wanted to break a church, I said, if you, if you really have believed that God called you, say, God called you, say this, God called you, yes, God called you, yes, God called you, yes. Then go somewhere and start if it is God. Except you are not sure it is God, then you have to help. Because if it is God, he doesn't need help. First Corinthians three eleven. First Corinthians three eleven. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Christ Jesus. So it is already laid. Second Timothy two nineteen. Second Timothy two nineteen. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are his, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. That is, you cannot change the doctrine. You cannot change the doctrine. Paul is saying, some in this church, we are saying that the resurrection is past already. So Paul is now saying, no foundation of, that the foundation of God standeth sure. Avoid people who teach otherwise. That's what he meant by, nevertheless, the foundation of the law standeth sure. He was saying that there are people coming to put false doctrine on what they have already taught in that church. He said, nevertheless, in spite of all their nonsense teachings that are sneaking into the church, God's foundation, which is apostolic teaching, standeth sure. Are you still here? Now, Hebrews 11.10. Hebrews 11.10. For he looked for a city which had foundations. Which had foundations. Whose builder and maker is God. Fixed and permanent. 
So 1 Corinthians 11, the foundation that Paul is talking about is fixed and permanent. All a minister does is to build upon epokoidomio. He will do it according to what has been done. A preacher will do it according to what has been done. And you know, I am, I am very sure a lot of people in churches where Christ is not preached, they are going to find their way out. Eventually. Because God is not mocked. They are going to find their way out. Jesus didn't die in vain. No pastor died for anybody. No pastor died for anybody. So if a pastor has locked up members in the four walls of a building and is messing up with their minds, as we keep preaching and praying, as we keep preaching and praying and pushing the messages on social media and pushing the messages on radio and television, the shepherd of the sheep knows how to connect the ones that are sincerely seeking him with the word that is going out. How many of you understand what I'm saying? There's an exodus. There's a massive exodus. People are fed up with nonsense preached on pulpits. Isn't it a shame that even the secular world knows what messages should not be preached in churches? Isn't it a shame? Unbelievers will tell you, if not church without, why didn't they talk money too much there? Unbelievers know that church is not a, 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 an economic academy. Unbelievers know. Is it even a church be that? Why then do they talk money for there? Unbelievers will tell you, say, Jesus came to save people from sin. No be so. So if you go to church, what are you supposed to hear? Na salvation. That's so unbeliever they talk. Oh. International audience, forgive me. Let me use vernacular. Let it land well. I beg of you. Let me interpret. What I said is that unbelievers know that when you go to a church, what you should hear is salvation, not economics. Even people that are not church people, they know that. Isn't that an indictment? A church will be doing service. First service, entrepreneurial service. What a disservice to the work of Christ. Second service, skill acquisition service. And them that are teaching you skill acquisition... They are not acquisitioning any skill. <laughs> are you understanding? They are teaching you economic principles. They have no business to show that they have used the same principle and it worked for them. Instead of me sitting down under a pastor to hear economic principles, I would rather go and sit under Dangote. I tell you, God is my witness. At least Dangote has proven record. That pastor, even after all that, he will still wait for your offering for him to eat. And yet, he wants to teach you how you can make money. Meanwhile, what he's using to teach you, he has not used it to make money for himself. What a disservice. What a disservice. I told you the story of Dr. Paul Yongicho. A, a woman in his church kept begging her husband to come to church. The man wouldn't come. The man said, I don't want to go to church. I don't like church. Dr. Paul Yungicho told the story. 
And he said, after the woman prevailed and prevailed, you know, women have their way with their husbands. Eventually, she brought him to the church. Unfortunately for him, the day he came was the day Yonggi Cho was trying his new skills on teaching psychology. New skills to teach psychology on a Sunday morning. And the husband of this woman is a professor of psychology by training. So he sat down and he, he said, Dr. Cho said, he told him, I was just looking at you. I was looking at you trying to do that thing. He calls what the man was trying to do that thing. So after service, a woman said to her husband, let's go and greet pastor. Pastor knows that you're coming to church today. He said, I don't want to meet him. He said, please come and meet him. Anyway, long story short, he agreed to finally meet. He met Dr. Cho. Dr. Cho greeted him and said, I'm sure you were blessed today. He said, I regret coming. I regret coming to waste my precious time in this place. I saw what you were trying to do. You are trying to teach psychology using your Bible. And what you even did is not psychology 001. You just messed around. Please, you be a man of God. Teach your Bible properly. And leave psychology for those of us that are experts in the field. What a rebuke. What a rebuke. I had the president of one of these African countries. You know, some pastors came to pray for him. And then as they were, you know, all these pastors that patronize politicians, as they were praying for him. So one of them looked at the, the president of a country in Africa. And he said, sir, for you to win this election, this is what you must do. He said, the president said, excuse me, pastor. Pray and go. If it is to win election, we are the architects. We know what we do that you don't know. You came here to pray, pray and get out. Don't coach me on how to win. How did I get here? See, another humility. Humbility. Humbility. Not humility. This is humility. A man of God should stay with the message of Christ. It is more than enough. That is the food of the spirit. We come to church to be fed spiritually. We don't come to church to be fed intellectually. There are schools with certification. We come to be fed the diet. So that's why Paul is saying, be careful how you are building. If the foundation is Christ, don't put silver, don't put gold on top of Christ. It will not connect. So all a minister does is to build upon that which has been done. So that means the grace to build first doesn't exist again. The grace to build first does not exist again. If you find it, return it where it came from. That grace does not exist again. That's why Paul made a distinction between himself and Apollos. Because Apollos is a disciple of a disciple. Is a disciple of a disciple as it were in Acts chapter 18. So, the foundation is fixed and permanent. 1 Corinthians 3.11 1 Corinthians 3.11. Are you still here? For other foundation 
Did you see that? Can no man lay than that is laid. So it has been laid already. It has been laid. Nobody today is laying foundation. The apostles who laid foundation, all of them have died. They are called the apostles of the Lamb. Foundational, they are gone. There were only 12 of them. And of course, brother Paul, that was born out of due season. Look at that scripture. Than that which is laid, which is for the avoidance of doubt, which is Jesus Christ. No other kind. It is the same. Whatever we have said about Jesus, that's what Paul is saying. Whatever we have said about Jesus is fixed and permanent. Is fixed and permanent. No improvement upon, no updating of the version. It is fixed and permanent. Some people say God showed them some things that He didn't show Paul. I laugh. I laugh in Swahili. <laughs> I laugh in Swahili. So therefore, what Paul will, will teach becomes our message. What Paul will teach becomes our message. This is the reason he will say, if you put anything on this foundation that is not on this foundation, it will be destroyed. That is authoritative. He says, you are the temple of the spirit, a temple of God. The spirit of God dwells in you. If anything destroys the temple of God, God will destroy. Paul is validating his apostleship. In 1 Corinthians 15.10, look at Paul validating his apostleship. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. He said, it's not I. So he validates the fact that he is a foundational apostle. What he's saying is, I am one of those people that put down what Christianity is. What Paul is saying is, I am one of those people that put down what Christianity is. Honey, you know, anybody that does not understand the teachings of Paul cannot build a church that is Christ-like. Do you understand? Because Paul was one of those who laid the foundation for what Christianity is. Do you know that it was after the teaching of brother Paul, after the teaching of brother Paul for one year, that unbelievers saw the people that Paul taught and said they shall be called Christians. So it was the teaching of Paul that laid the foundation for Christianity. He is the apostle who laid that foundation. So a pastor that does not understand the Pauline theology cannot raise Christians. He will raise, he will raise, I don't know, he will raise Africa, Jewish. A combination of Africanism, Jewishism, Judaism, eh? New Agers, it will be a mixture of what does not have a definition. 
That's why in some churches you go, you see every, all kinds of things. Everything goes. Because they don't even understand what is Christianity. Because they have not understood the apostolic foundation, the teachings that were given, that from it came out the name Christians. It came from Paul's teaching after one year. Then the people say, ah, ah, these guys, do you know the guys that spent time with Jesus? They were unlearned and ignorant. After a lot of teaching, when the people saw them, they said, no, 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 this man must have been with Jesus. Because you can't sit under a sound teaching one, two years and it's not showing on you. That's why most churches you go, the members don't even know what the name Jesus is. They can't even explain it. But they know fall and die. They know be roasted. I don't know who will eat it. Keep roasting things and nobody is eating. Or maybe they are eating it. That's why Paul will say to Timothy, Go back to Ephesus. Tim, Tim, go back to Ephesus and charge them that they teach no other doctrine. Charge them in Ephesus. That they teach no other doctrine because I have spent time to teach them Christ. I don't mind you twisting the scriptures as a pastor. But please, for God's sake, don't say it is the work of Christ. You can call it your work or any other thing. Once the scriptures are twisted, the pastor is lying. You can never arrive at the truth of the gospel without rightly dividing the word of truth. Anything that is preached in the name of Bible, where scriptures avoid the rule of context, pretext, post-text. You know, the rule of dividing scripture. That pastor is lying to his congregation. And I'm very serious about this. Ethnos eteros didascalia. That is, it mustn't be said differently. Eteros didascalia. He uses the word sound doctrine. Shatabala. Sound doctrine. is the word hugaino in the Greek. Hugaino from the word hugis. Hugaino is spelled as H-U-G-A-I-N-O from the word hugis. Why do you call it sound? Now look at me everybody. It is used for health. Completeness. Which means everything is working together. What I'm saying is, working with what Paul said, Hugaino. Sound doctrine. It means, what Paul said is how we are saying it. That is what makes it sound. We are saying it exactly the way Paul said it. Which is exactly what Jesus said. Which is exactly what Moses and the prophets taught. Paul says, listen, give generously. Give cheerfully. God's grace always abound towards you. Give so that those who don't have will always have. Then someone now says, there's a mystery to giving. There's a mystery. You see, there's a mystery. You may not understand it. It's a spiritual mystery that has a certain connotation. All that is to confuse you. 
What the man is teaching is a diseased teaching. Is diseased. You know diseased. It's like eating food that worms entered you didn't know when. And you were eating with worms. So the pastor packaged scriptures that makes it look like the word of God. But inside the message are worms. So you are eating diseased food. And you are smiling. And you are fighting to defend the pastor who is killing you with worms hidden inside the food. Diseased diet. It does not have hugaino. It's not sound. It's not wholesome. It's not healthy. Listen, Jesus said, take no thought what you shall eat or drink. Then a pastor teaches prayer a whole year and he is teaching the members to pray for what they shall eat and drink and wear. Jesus says, take no thought what you shall eat, what you shall drink, what you shall wear. But a pastor is keeping the thought of his members on what they shall eat, what they shall wear, what they shall drink for one whole year. That's their prayer point in every service. That pastor is feeding his members diseased diet. Food with worms inside. Sometimes it's good to be a bit graphic. So it will enter. Because some of you, when we say disease, you cannot, you, you just disease. But when you see the picture, ah, when you hear any message, you check whether there are worms inside first. I'm teaching good tonight. You know, tomorrow is the last day. So, allow me a little more minutes. A whole church gathered for one year every day father give us car give us house give us money give us play give us food give us shoe give us socks give us wife give us picking give us picking for international audience picking is child <laughs> give me car give me car elevada give me car 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 Car, letters, 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 jeep, 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 rafo, rafo, rafo. Give it to me, give it to me, so that they will know that you are alive. Oh my father, are you there? Are you there? Oh my father, are you there? Did you kill him? Did you kill him? Did you kill him? <laughs> you know, we're almost through. <laughs> A whole church, every day they meet. They even have a place on their altar for prayer requests. And all the prayer requests is car, contract, job, promotion, kill my boss, let me take over. Kill my boss, let me take over. And all that is on the altar. And they call it Jesus' church. Jesus, the owner of the church, said, take no thought. And they have brought their useless thoughts to disturb him. I'm teaching good. Paul said it is the house of God. It is the pillar and ground. Men's stay of truth. You know what Charles Spurgeon said? They call him the prince of preachers. Charles Spurgeon. He said, he saw in the Bible 
that the Holy Spirit mentions apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. He said the Holy Spirit did not mention comedians in the list, or arts, or entertainment. He said it's not in the list. Comedians, arts, and entertainment. Special music ministers. Special music ministers. Music. Music ministers. We are comedians in the days of Paul. Yes. How comes it escape all his writings? And as Paul was about to teach, a comedian gave a short speech and cheered up the audience. Because with joy you draw water. How come it's not there? So how do you know if what you are teaching is correct? Look at the foundation. Look at what is fixed. If they take what you are teaching and put it on what it fixed, do they agree? If not, you are giving people disease food. That's why Paul will say, if we come back in Galatians chapter 1. And you know, Galatians was the first letter of brother Paul. And preach another gospel. Let us be anathema. That is, cut us off. You know what Paul is saying? We have laid the foundation for you. Even if we come back now to improve on it, cut us off and carry the foundation. It's not our foundation. It is Christ's foundation. So, if we teach what is not there, even we cut us off. That's Paul speaking. In Galatians 1, 8 and 9. That they teach no other doctrine. That is, it must be consistent with the cross of Christ. It must be consistent with his incarnation. It must be consistent with his sufferings. It must be consistent with Jesus' teaching. His death, his burial, and his resurrection. If you can't find any teaching in the words of Jesus... In the actions of Jesus, it is a disease teaching or preaching. If you observe, that's why I took you very skillfully through this teaching to show you what Jesus taught, step by step, and how that what Jesus taught is what Paul taught. Did I show you that? Did we travel through that? I even showed you that what Paul taught is what Jesus taught, is what Moses taught, or the prophets. Did we do that kind of work in this series? Because the only way to know that the teaching is sound and healthy, it must be consistent with what Jesus taught, which agrees with Moses' theology. There must be consistent consistency of theology. There must be consistency of theology. It is not part of the body of Christ. If it doesn't agree with what Jesus taught. So the body of Christ will now be the church and the doctrine. The body of Christ will now be the church and the doctrine. So any teaching that is not consistent with the teleos is not fit for the church. It will be destroyed. So when you have all the corals and sacred cows made out of titan. Why do you have to fight about tithing? You know what Kenneth Hagin said? Only you will like this. He said, when you hear some people talk and reason, Kenneth Hagin, he said, we may have to lay hands on them 
and ask God to put something else into their head other than water. <laughs> some of you didn't get that. <laughs> Ken Hagin said, when you hear some people talk and reason, we may have to call them, lay hands on their head, and ask God, please, Father, put something else in their head other than water. You didn't get that. Ken Hagin said once, <laughs> That he once told someone, well, if you don't understand this that I am teaching now, a man with half brain and one eye will understand it. You are not hearing. He was the master of those kind of things. He told somebody else, if you don't understand this, we need 12 heavy men to carry you to the river and dip you there. <laughs> Sometimes when you see the way people reason about the word of God, you are forced to look at them and want to say, oh fools. <laughs> like Jesus. Slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Three years of teaching. And they were still thinking that Jesus was coming to redeem Israel. And to return political power. He said, you guys are fools. Even Jesus couldn't help. That level of folly was too much. So, if a teaching is not in the foundation, it should not be taught. That's why I said you must take heed how you build upon. Look at that 1 Corinthians 3.10 as I begin to round up. Are you blessed tonight? 1 Corinthians 3.10 and 11. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation. And another builder thereon. But let every man take heed how he builded thereupon. Next verse. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Christ Jesus. So Paul's teaching will be epignosis. And our experience from his teaching will be gnosis. His teachings are epignosis. Our experience from his teaching will be gnosis. G-N-O-S-I-S. You know epignosis. Paul's teaching is accurate explanation of the Old Testament. And our experience will be a gnosko. That is, we are coming into that knowledge. A P gnosko is two way. A P E P I gnosko is two way. If you come into it and you're continuing in it, a P gnosko. So that's why what he wrote to Timothy was an appreciation of it to call him to remembrance. So spiritual growth, therefore, will be to recognize it, then to continue in the recognition which is in the word ginosko. So we, we get saved, we grow in the word of Christ, we continue in the word of Christ. Epigenosko. So like we have just done, Paul's that I may know him, was it his present or past? Huh? Huh? Power city. Was it his present tense or his past? When Peter said, okay, past. When Peter said, Paul had insight. Peter was not saying he was ignorant of it. Uh -uh. What he was saying is, what Paul is teaching, we know it, but there's a way Paul expresses it. There's a, there's a verbiage, there's a vocabulary that Paul brings in that opens it up for clearer understanding. 
Because if we found something Paul taught that Peter didn't teach, that James didn't teach, that John didn't teach, it must be false. If Paul taught it, Peter will teach it, John will teach it, James will teach it. The difference is that Paul sheds more light on it. You know, Jesus said, I have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all the truth. That is, he will give you more facts. He will give you more details. He will give you more verbiage. So it's not something different from Peter's epistles. Paul only expounded the narratives. Look at, you know, so like we say, whatever you didn't see in the teachings of Jesus... In the words of Paul, in the words of Peter, James, and John, the writer of Hebrew, it is a lie. It cannot be the interpretation of the scriptures. That's why when people preach this particular gospel of materialism, their scriptures are always from the Old Testament, not rightly divided. And they do it without the New Testament. They will make sure they cut out the New Testament. And they just stay within the Old Testament. It is the Lord that God that gave it the power to make wealth. I will teach your hand to profit. All of it is Old Testament. But they will not give you a corroboration in the rightly divided word of truth. And most of the times, they interpret those scriptures in an immoral way. Because they will pick a verse out of context and they ignore the surrounding environment. In which that verse was said. So that's why as people that are growing in the knowledge of Christ. You must guard your heart and guard your eyes and ears. And protect yourself. And hold dearly what you have received. Grow in it. And raise disciples to do the same. Are you blessed tonight? Get on your feet. That's all I've got for you tonight. Tomorrow is the last day of this. Praise God. Woo! Glory! Amen. Stand on your feet tonight. We have a few more minutes. We just blast in tongues and give thanks for the word. I'd like you to just lift up your hands. Let's pray and thank God for the word tonight. Let's just pray in the spirit, everybody. Let's just pray in the spirit. Egabadora badona makalene manoko toninga galana manosa kalida babara katene kelia lebro dadolo da boja kande gelina mamamra nengra dadala boroko toneka lina mama mane gege galene moso kolara baba open your mouth and begin to declare the things I have learned among other witnesses the same I will commit to faithful men say I call myself faithful the things I have learned faithfully I will use it to teach others I raise this disciples. I preach the gospel. I defend the cause of Christ. I defend the gospel of Christ. Able ministers of the New Testament, not of the later that kill it, but of the spirit that give it life. Angelene mo shakala rababa. Ele malamo rokotona kalina managa. Ega 
Father, thank you for your call upon our lives to be witnesses of your message, to declare the counsel of God, to preach the whole counsel of God, to manifest the glory of God. We are committed to the cause. We are committed to the mandate. We are committed to the great commission. We are committed to discipleship. We are committed to the word of his grace. We are committed to declaring the gospel of God. In the name of Jesus. I'd like you to look for somebody, grab the person and give the person a charge. You give that person you're holding his or her hand a charge. A charge to preach the gospel and preach it with power. Do not be ashamed of the gospel. Call that person a faithful laborer. Call that person a preacher of the gospel. Declare over that person an able minister. Prophesy over the person you're holding. By the grace of Jesus that is upon us to declare the word of his grace, to preach the gospel of Christ faithfully to this generation and to introduce Jesus to this generation. We stand steadfast. We are unmovable. We are always abounding in the work of the Lord. Our labor is not in ventings. Our hearts are steadfast. Our minds are sold out. We are doggedly committed. We are fully persuaded to preach the gospel of the grace of God to a world that don't know him. And we declare that we preach this message in and out of season. We are strengthened with might by the spirit in the inner man. Christ dwells in our hearts by faith. We are able ministers of the New Testament. We are ministers of the spirit. We preach the gospel with bold we declare Christ with boldness. We preach the gospel without fear. We declare God's word. We are boldness and with great power. We make known the mystery of the gospel. We declare the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Great grace is upon us. And we declare that as we preach the word by stretching forth our hands to heal and that signs and wonders shall be done in the name of the Holy Son Jesus. Our bodies are stronger. We are healthy. Our youth is renewed like an eagle. Every organ of our body is functioning maximally. Together we declare. We are delivered from wicked and unreasonable men. Our soul has escaped like a bed out of the snare of the fowler. The snare is broken. We are escaped. We are far from oppression. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. We walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. We are fruitful unto every good work. We stand fast to make known the mystery of Christ. That we may make all men see what is the riches of God's grace. That we may make men see what is the knowledge of Christ. We declare that we preach this word with every ability. In the name of Jesus, lay hands on your head 
and begin to speak to your own life. I'm not, I will not slumber. I will not be distracted. I am focused. My heart is sold out. I am dedicated. I am committed. I am not of they that turn back. I am of they that press forward to the saving of the soul. Ministry prospers in my hand. Through me the gospel shines in the dark places of the earth. I am no shakaya. Ilamanamano sikialaba. Lebra dada leboro sokiatana. Langranda gongo. Agaya tolamana. Engelerebo shake. I fulfill my call. I fulfill my ministry. A great and effectual door is open unto me. And those adversaries, I have a mouth and a wisdom that my adversaries and my gainsayers cannot resist. Praise you, Father. Lift your hands and give him praise. Lift your hands and give him praise. Glory to the Lamb. Glory to the Lamb. The earth is filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the water covers the sea. In our lifetime, it shall come to pass. I didn't hear a good amen. The work of Christ on earth is done. Glory to God. Give him a praise. Let's celebrate for a minute. Glory to God. 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 Hey! Glory! 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 The nations are opening up. Our communities are opening up. Celebrate, celebrate. Hearts of men are opening up. Doors are opening up for the gospel. Nations are opening up. Glory! Amen. Reserve it for tomorrow. God punish the devil. Amen. Grab your offerings. Let's give so we get out of this place. Remember 9 o'clock. We are live again. 9 o'clock. We are live tonight. Till 11 o'clock. Tomorrow morning we are back at 5. 5 to 6. We break our fast after that. We are back at quarter to 6 tomorrow. Chilling with the big boys. Higedogobosaka. Online community that are banking details scrolling. Our American community, all of you watching in America, United States, banking details have changed in the Americas. There's a new bank account for Power City International Conferences. Power City International Conferences. That's our new account in America. All right, so all of you in the U.S., you know, um, their new bank account. So the details are scrolling right now and uh, all the info. And if you need further info, you can shoot a mail so we can send you everything properly by email. But we have new banking details for the USA. All right? And it includes both the Zelle and the PayPal. All that goes to that new account that is on the screen. It is the Power City International Conferences. All right? That's the account for the USA. 
I'll talk a little more about it on Sunday, but we're excited. Amen. So all the accounts are scrolling. Lift up your offerings. Let's give tonight before we go further. Thank you for the privilege to worship and honor and the privilege to give. We rejoice that we are strengthened and renewed and refreshed and we're ready to take the world by storm. So we give you praise that our offerings are a sweet smell tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. And every believer says a powerful amen. All right, guys, we love you. We'll see you tomorrow, quarter to six, live in this place. And until then, remember all the online meetings and don't miss any of them. Get more people to hook up tonight. Be blessed and good night. Anyone on the pulpit, drop your offerings. Go right we up. trust that you have been blessed by this message. To order the complete series of this message and all the messages by Dr. Abel Daminer, please call plus 234-806-800-9939 or email powercityoffice at gmail.com
This is Kingdom Life Network.